because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. I have no explanation for what happened. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the program, Benson and those guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. How out of touch is the Cleveland Cavaliers this week? Do you see the video that they showed in their game? <laughs> we have... Zach's microphone is dying slowly. <laughs> Not so slowly. Don't anymore. touch stuff. <laughs> Just don't don't break stuff. That's all. You know, you have one job. Well, you got more than one job, but your main job is don't break stuff. <laughs> if you can follow that simple rule, everything's good. I'm here with the moron twins, Zach and We're Darren. We're not even twins. Talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers showing that video the other night in their playoff game against the Bulls where um a Cavaliers fan body slams his Bulls fan girlfriend. They were trying to do a parody of Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey in that famous scene from Dirty Dancing, but when he the, the gal runs up and he tosses he you know he lifts her up and then he ta- notices that she's wearing a bull shirt and just slams her to the ground, but <laughs> not good. Not good right now. And it it just yeah. There's <laughs> so much domestic violence stuff going on, and that's what you go with? Exactly right. I, what were you thinking? And by the way, I've been there. I'm not going to come down too heavy on this cat. <laughs> we've all done that. We've all tried to what, make body that. slammed our women? No, but we've all made that attempt at humor where now it's just the, swing it's and awkward in the room, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to backpedal, and you're trying to just get out of it. And then we all have that one friend who won't let us get out of it, <laughs> continues to bring it up, and just keeps... Uh, That's me. It is you. But we're the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're against domestic violence, unless she's a Bulls fan. That's pretty much what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, I, that was just a swing and a miss, uh, but... <laughs> That During video the playoffs. also looked like it was shot with somebody's cell phone camera. Like, the quality of the video wasn't even good. But he sounds so quiet. I don't know. Are you muted? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Well, I guess we'll find out when this airs. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk the rest of the show. You're breaking <laughs> your mic. You're, you're, you... That's why it doesn't work. He just broke his mic. Lightning fan arrested for bringing gun into the arena. A 27-year-old man, Lucas Cassidy, escorted from his seat and promptly arrested for having a gun in his possession. In his fairness, when asked by the police officer, he would, yes, I have a gun. He has a license to have a concealed weapon. Someone saw Cassidy drop the gun inside a bathroom. Drop the gun inside of a bathroom. How are you dropping your... Well, exactly right. Why are you dropping it? You know, this thing should be tucked away and tightly and securely. Um, when they saw them drop the ba- the gun in the bathroom, they notified authorities, and uh, 
Well, they did their thing. Police say he wasn't screened properly when he arrived at the arena. (laughs) I'm thinking uh, hockey arenas don't screen people properly. Remember that game we went to? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We went to a Buffalo Sabres game, and we parked, I don't know, 173 miles. I think we were just outside Chile when we parked. (laughs) But we walked to the arena. We were cutting across that little path, but there by uh, what the is that? Bison Stadium. Yeah, right. is that yeah. is that is that Dunn? I don't know. Dunn Stadium, whatever it is there in Buffalo. We went past there, and that's when you discovered. You remember you had your knife on your possession, and I'm trying to tell you they have this big air conditioning cooling unit. I'm like, just set it up there. We'll pick it up on the way back. Just set it up. You're like, no, nah, I'll go back to the car, and then you were like, no, nah, I don't want to lose it. I'm just going in. So you put it in your shoe. And I got in. I can't believe you got in. My man is waving one of those <laughs> metal wands to see if you've got anything on you. How he didn't pick it up. I don't know. But the, the, the screening process is poor at hockey games, apparently. It's apparently a big problem in Tampa, too, because wasn't it a Tampa fan that set a flag on fire well, last, last week? That's right. We They're bringing about- in lighters and guns, <laughs> and one of them's probably got like a chainsaw or something. Yeah, it's a hockey game. It's game seven. You got drinking. You got tension. Oh, I know. Let's add guns to the mix. That's a that's a good idea. I'm not anti-gun, of course, but, you know, is that the place for it? Did you really need it? What's the worst no. that could happen? The lightning fall behind by a couple of goals. You start <laughs> picking off the opponents. Bob Euchre got trapped in the Milwaukee Brewers broadcast booth. Did you hear about that? I saw this. This was classic, the poor guy. locked The, the door handle broke on the broadcast booth. And he's stuck in there. So he just carries on. Bob Euchre, 80 years old. At that point, nothing phases you when you're 80. They just put a ladder up. The guy shimmies up the ladder, climbs in the windowless front part of the radio booth and takes the door off the the hinges. But Bob Euchre locked in. Nothing distracts the guy. He's just carrying on doing his thing. It's like me working with you two. (laughs) You You, You get distracted all the time. Yeah. By the way, we were talking today about how good Vince Scully is. Yeah. How there's nobody as good as Vince Scully. Golden Pipes. Bob Euchre is the number two in my book. I think he's he's really good. Distant number two. Vince Scully's awesome. Yeah. Um, it would be a distant number two, I think. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. There's a lot of terrific radio broadcasters. I love baseball on radio. More than any other sport. In fact, I think I like baseball on radio more than I do on TV. And I know Ooh, I'm not alone down. in that. No, I, I, well, it's a generational thing. I'm no, certain You are of that. significantly older than we are. So. Well, let's not say significantly, but we'll use the word somewhat. <laughs> I am somewhat okay. older than you guys. But baseball on radio, allowing them to just paint the picture, and, and Vin Scully is the best. I, oh, just, hands down. Yeah. You know why your Rangers are struggling? against the Washington Capitals, you might think, yes, Benson, I do. It's the goaltending. No, they have a curse. They have the curse of the Bork family. It was revealed this week that Ryan Bork ate Frosted Flakes with milk out of the Stanley Cup. His dad, Ray, you might remember back in 2001, Game 7, he was with the Avalanche, beat the Devils, raised the Cup, and, you know, in hockey, this is just a a great tradition that each member of the winning team gets a cup for a little while and you get to hang out with it, take it to the beach, whatever these guys do with the cup. Well, 
Ryan Bork had a bowl of Frosted Flakes out of the Stanley Cup. That makes sense. The Rangers called him up before uh, the series with Washington, and they're terrible. Ryan Bork is the reason your team is down in this series. Or because they're not playing as good as the Capitals. That could be, and it could be the goaltending. I know this. I don't know anything. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by <laughs> Town & Country Pest Solutions. We're going to take a break. Coming up later in the show, we got, oh, I don't know. We got lots of stuff. Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted, which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue or building nests in your gutters and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps, ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty bed bugs. They do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. G&T Youth Soccer is registering for both its 14U Boys and Girls Leagues as well as its Happy Five Division for boys and girls ages 11 and under. Games are played Saturday mornings between August 15th and continuing through October 3rd. Space is limited in this very popular program, so don't delay. Registration opens May 17th at gntsoccer.com. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. Serving their community for 24 years, the soccer programs offered through G&T Athletics teach soccer in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntsoccer.com. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. I'm here with Zach and Darren. I feel pretty good about myself. I feel like I'm $100 richer because I didn't pay for that fight the other night. Oh. <laughs> you, however, Darren, are a fool. Well, no, 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 no. You paid money for the fight. You're going to sit here and water it down. Well, we all chipped in, so I didn't pay all that much. Now, you guys paid for that fight. And I guess here's well let me just get what was your what was your thoughts on the fight? You know, at first I was having fun watching it the first few rounds, but as it went on it got more and more boring and I can see why they're saying boxing is dead because those are supposed to be your their biggest draw and it did draw a lot of people. What a horrible fight. It's boring. Boxing is sort of fading away in my opinion as MMA it, it really is letting MMA have it's letting MMA eat its lunch, basically. Yeah. But, you know, there'll be, there'll come a time where there will be another fight that you're going to pay money for. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think boxing's dead. But this particular fight. This, the second undercard fight was more entertaining than Manny, uh, than Pacquiao and Mayweather was. Mayweather's style, his defensive style here, and <laughs> it's not good entertainment. No. It has got him 48 wins against no losses, but it's not, entertaining it wasn't mike tyson knocking somebody out within a minute 
And that there was a time Tyson was fighting every other week. It was something that he was a spectacle. He was a you, beast. You were watching to see how long somebody would last with this animal. And Mayweather is a different fighter than that. And I think to some degree Pacquiao lost that fight because he didn't make the adjustments he needed to make to address Mayweather's style. But I kind of find myself wondering, people that are complaining afterwards that it was boring, that we didn't get our money's worth, what did you expect? What what did you expect? I mean, that's you know who Mayweather is. That That's what you were going. And it kind of recently we had this terrorist attack or ISIS claiming responsibility for that attack in Texas where they were having the Mohammed cartoon drawing contest. Now, obviously, I'm not in. Uh, what were you expecting there? If you were having a Mohammed cartoon drawing contest, you can't you be know, surprised if something happens. You know what they think. When there was a whole newspaper staff that was murdered for running a cartoon of Mohammed. And then you're having a cartoon drawing event. Like, that shouldn't have surprised anybody, right? I, I, I don't think it should have surprised anybody. What do you expect? You're, you're just inviting trouble. You're inviting trouble, and you're really taking that. And, and in my mind, all right, I don't agree with you, but you're taking it to another step when you're almost going out of your way to insult them, to say, hey, we're going to have this Mohammed drawing contest because we know that's really going to frost your fanny you know so we're going to do this and then so they they retaliate and you wonder why and i as i thought about that and you wonder well what do you expect when you pay for that fight and when you invite trouble like you did in texas and i i know there's going to be different opinions i get that it's almost like it reminds me of when we play with our sin what do you expect sometimes when you, as a believer, put yourself in the situations we put ourselves in? If you are an alcoholic and you put yourself in a situation where you're at a bar late at night, what do you expect? You know, what do you think is going to happen? When some of these sinful situations we fight, what do you think is going to happen? There was a story. It was back in the 80s. Um, there was this modern art display. And what it was was a chair affixed to a shotgun. Now, the shotgun was loaded, and it was set on a timer to go off at some point within the next 100 years. I tell you, people were lining up to sit in the chair. At some point in a, over the span of 100 years, this thing was going to go off, and people waited in line to sit and stare down the barrel of the shotgun. You're inviting trouble. You're playing with sin. It's only a matter of time. And it makes me think of Matthew 25, or excuse me, Matthew 23, verse 25, where Jesus is talking to the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside of them may be clean also. Well, you know, you don't want to drink out of a dirty cup, you know. 
clean the inside of the cup. Well, that's like us. When we're playing with our sin, we play with it, and we put on this outward appearance like we're so great, but yet inside we're playing with temptations. And it, There's three ways that we fight our sin. One is we cultivate it. We don't fight it at all. It's almost like we're proud of our garden. We have this sin, and we're just watering it, we're letting it grow, we're doing everything we can, not fighting at all. We're cultivating it, but we can also conceal it. Well, we have it. We don't acknowledge it. It's almost like uh, the dandelions. I don't know if you guys have noticed how many dandelions there are this spring, but, man, this is a heavy dandelion season. But you cut off the top of a dandelion, you've done nothing. It's going to come back. The root of the problem is still there. Cutting off the top means nothing. Yeah, it looks nice. Now you're back down to green grass. It's just all nice and green. You don't have that yellow. But you've done nothing to address the problem. Or the other way is we get to confront it. Deal with the issue. So anyway, I don't know how I got to all that. I just That's what that fight made me think of. And God just laid that on my heart. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country. Juventus FC, the Italian champions and one of the best soccer clubs in the world, will be hosting a five-day camp here in Rochester. Coaches from the Juventus Youth Academy are coming all the way from Italy to share the coaching and soccer philosophy of one of the most successful soccer clubs ever. The camp is open to boys and girls ages 5 to 17 who want to improve their level of play. Each participant will experience five days of top quality training and will leave the camp with a brand new Juventus uniform, a participation diploma, and some fantastic memories. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn from the best and show them what you can do. The dates of this amazing camp are July 20th through the 24th at Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. The cost is $375 and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com forward slash JSC. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. I'm digging this. Welcome back to the program, Benson and those guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. We're about 20 minutes into our program, and Zach's only broken one microphone, and... That's a good day. <laughs> it's yeah. Since the beginning of the show, he's calmed down, and now he's respecting the equipment. Unlike Mike Schuster, who has no respect for a rod, <laughs> I was going to make this cat my pest of the week. Mike Schuster caught a rod's six hundred and sixtieth career home run. Now, Are you think, surprised by this? I'm not completely surprised, but I am a little uh, because I the guy here's here's the story. The guy refuses to give the ball up. Maybe he's holding out for something more. Who knows? But he refuses to give the ball to A-Rod, whether this is his own personal 
uh, I'm making a stance against A-Rod and steroids or, or I don't like the Yankees or, or whatever it is. Listen, Schuster, here, the ball means nothing to you. It probably means a lot to Alex. As a baseball fan, you just kind of respect that. So the Red Yankees tried to get the ball for A-Rod. They weren't able to. The Red Sox tried to get the ball, and they've offered him some David Ortiz autographs in exchange for the ball, and apparently Schuster denied. Now, i got to tell you, I'm not the world's biggest David Ortiz fan. I think the guy is a huge prima donna, and with all the things that he's done, I don't know how everybody still loves this guy. But he says, that's not. this apparently frosted his fanny. That's not okay with me, he says. That's not the way it's supposed to work. They're supposed to ask me before any of my items get offered to anybody. They're supposed to ask you, how much are they paying you? And they need to ask you if they can give a David Ortiz autograph away? Come on, man. I don't, I don't even understand this. Now, A-Rod and Ortiz, they were friends at one time, but apparently no longer because A-Rod's camp, his lawyers, his uh, defenders, brought up Ortiz's failed 2003 PED test during the appeal of his 211-game suspension. He brought that up, and apparently that bothered Ortiz. But don't you think he's got a... I'm going to bring that up. Why is this guy getting off, and you're trying to nail me to the wall with a 211-game suspension? I'm not trying to defend A-Rod. If he took the steroids, he needed to be suspended, and was, and did his time. And... David Ortiz says it's not because they were doing this for A-Rod's balls, because they're supposed to ask me for my things before they do something like that. What a big jerk David Ortiz has become. In my mind, good luck, Boston, because I don't think he's ready to stop playing the game. And he's going to want, well, he's going to want to own the stadium. He's going to want you to rename the team to the Ortiz's. Good luck dealing with this ego. It just gets bigger all the time. And all he is is a DH. He's a good DH, though. I I get it. But that's all you are. In the American League, you have the DH that you get four or five at-bats a game. And what do you do the rest of the time? You're just hanging out. living the dream right there. You got pretty sweet seats. (laughs) But there's been a lot in the news recently baseball people debating the value of the dh what do you got do you guys like the dh it, yeah I, I do i love it actually he, you, darren's recently converted yeah i i was a big nl fan the way the game is played in the nl and over the last week honestly my mind is completely changed now baseball purists love the national league and the, the pitcher hitting but i think the pitcher hitting it's just ugly nobody it's wants terrible. to see a pitcher hit the swings are just, that's not what they're paid to do. They look like they don't even want to be in the batter's box. I'm a, I, I'm a traditional baseball guy. I love baseball. Everybody knows that. But I think the DH should be in both leagues. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, have a, you have a pitcher, and everyone's like, oh, he's a good hitter for a pitcher. What's he hitting, 182? That's not a good hitter. He's a terrible hitter. He's going to be in the minors if he plays any other position or out of baseball. It's an automatic out. It's a high pro, high probable out. Yeah, and and then oh by the way, the guy that bats in front of you probably isn't going to see any pitches to hit because you're behind him. It just it, it takes two at bats and makes them kind of boring. 
Now, some baseball parents will tell you that they like well, the, what you have when you have without the DH, you have the possibility of the double switch, and we like the double switch. Now, a couple of people understand the double switch. Most people no. don't. You need no. a calculator, a slide rule, a couple of pieces of paper to figure this thing out, and, and it's just weird when you do that. And now whoever went into the pitcher is suddenly batting ninth, and somebody else is batting four. It's just it's weird. It's a it's a weird transaction. And people talk about, oh, you know, we need to keep the pitcher batting because the National League has so much more strategy. The only reason you have all that strategy is because you got a guy who's terrible at hitting getting three at bats a game. You wouldn't. It, it's only necessary because you've got an inferior hitter in your order. Yeah, I agree. I. I think it's time for baseball to rethink that. Darren, you got yeah. something? To add? I, I can't remember who it was or what game it was, but I saw a pitcher who was throwing a, a three-hit gem. He was he was dominating out there. He got taken out in the seventh inning for a pinch hitter because, unfortunately for him, one of the three hits he gave up was a home run. So they're down one nothing and they need runs. So they take him out of the game, and then his bullpen ends up getting giving up more runs, and they lose by more. But you took a guy out of the game that was under ninety pitches throwing a three-hitter. Because you you needed you needed another bat in there you needed more offense like that it was almost I almost wasn't even interested in the game anymore after that because you took out a pitcher who was doing really well it bothered me all of last season in Major League Baseball there were sixty two pitchers who had forty or more plate appearances want to guess how many of those sixty two batted two hundred or higher sixty one five oh I guess I was five. Wrong. Less than one out of twelve were even able to hit two hundred on the season. These are guys that are basically just free outs for the other team. Yeah, you know it makes the news if, if a pitcher gets a double or a triple or a home run. Yeah. You know anything more than a single, that makes the news. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, so and so doubled in a run. Big news. It it, 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 it honestly it bores me whenever the pitcher's up there. It's like, oh, I can go get a drink or get a snack. <laughs> it doesn't at this bore point. me because those swings are so they are hard. bad. Horrific. I do enjoy watching Bartolo Colon hit. I'll be sad if we don't get to watch him hit. <laughs> I was watching the Brewers-Dodgers game the other day, and I can't remember what the pitcher's name is. He's a young guy. He was up there. I'm pretty sure he was closing his eyes and swinging. When he finished his half-hearted swing, he was looking behind him every time. I don't even know what was going on. It was awful. Brian Galliford writes for buffalorumblings.com. He's on our BTG studio line, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk to him about the Buffalo Bills, their draft picks, and their future. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted, which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue or building nests in your gutters and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps, ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty bed bugs. They do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. G&T Youth Soccer is registering for both its 14U Boys and Girls Leagues as well as its Happy Five Division for boys and girls ages 11 and under. Games are played Saturday mornings between August 15th and continuing through October 3rd. 
Space is limited in this very popular program, so don't delay. Registration opens May 17th at GNTSoccer.com. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Serving their community for 24 years, the soccer programs offered through GNT Athletics teach soccer in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit GNTSoccer.com. Brian Galliford is the editor-in-chief of buffalorumblings.com, and he joins us now on the BTG studio line. Brian, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Hey, it's been a long time since we've seen the Bills in such a active offseason. I mean, they were they were making national news. Is this the wildest Bills offseason that you've covered? It's definitely the wildest. There have been some sort of head-turning moments before. It was three years ago where they sort of came out of nowhere and signed Mario Williams. They've uh, they've done some interesting things in the past, but clearly nothing like what they've done from the from the trade for LaShawn McCoy on March 2nd all the way up through uh, free agency scoring some big names there with Charles Clay and so forth. Uh, it has been sort of a whirlwind thing, and Rex Ryan has sort of been the, the icing on the cake. It's kind of been fun for Bills fans, but now when it comes to the draft, they didn't necessarily have a sexy draft, but how would you rate the draft? Was it a successful one? I, I mean, how do you think they did there? It was pretty much what, what we expected. We knew that they had a pretty solid roster in terms of the starting group. Um, they had a few holes that they might have addressed, but we, we kind of figured that they would target, you know, sort of players that had upside that might be able to contribute a year or two down the line, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, Ronald Darby is talented enough to start at some point. He doesn't have to this year. Uh, John Miller might the third round pick, but he's, he's clearly a guy that they're looking at as a potential long-term starter as well. And then they've got some, some project type guys in the middle rounds that, that will, uh, offer some upside down the line as well. So it's a, it's a pretty deep roster. They still do have some question marks, uh, just like every other team. There's, there's a probably a little bit bigger than some teams clearly, but, uh, it's a pretty good group and, uh, they, they've drafted some pretty good football players. Is there one player in particular that the Bills drafted this year that fans should be really excited about? Who's got the biggest upside, I suppose? I would say Darby has the biggest upside. I'm not sure any of them are especially exciting, especially when you're you're taking them as as the last part of an entire offseason where they were sort of an afterthought. Um, but, yeah, Darby, Darby has the best physical talent. He's got elite-level speed. There, There are some things that he has to work on. He's probably not ready to play, but... He probably has the best long-term upside out of out of any anyone in the group, and those fans are going to be talking about the seventh-round pick a lot as well. The the receiver out of Central Arkansas, Des Lewis, the six-four kid with speed. Uh, a lot of people who who cover the draft uh, nationally really liked him and applauded that pick. So, uh, yeah, again, it, they have some intriguing players, but it all pales in comparison to everything else that went on. We're with Brian Galliford of BuffaloRumblings.com. The Bills seem to have a premium on adding explosiveness to the offenses this offseason. They seem to have succeeded at doing that. Is it reasonable to expect a lot more scoring this season? Uh, I don't know about a lot more. <laughs> they still have major question marks on the offensive line, and obviously they have had question marks at quarterback for just almost two decades now. Um, they, they, those are those are big hurdles to clear, and, and you, you don't start really pouring the points in until you do that but I think they are sort of angling for scoring 
enough points to to help out their they have a really good defense and they're still going to have a really good defense with Rex Ryan. That's what they're planning on. So I think their goal is to to up their scoring output by four or five points a game and see how many wins that, that equates to. Because they won nine last year. They bumped that average up even a little. They might be thinking that they're a playoff team. Now, of course, they'll once again have all eyes on the quarterback battle during spring training. The quarterbacks they have in camp now, does any one have an advantage or maybe fit the offense better than the others? Well, that's the thing. Greg Roman is uh, is the new offensive coordinator. He comes over from San Francisco. He is one of the more innovative uh, minds in the game, and his his focus really is the running game. So they're going to be a running offense, a power run, trap counter, power offense. They're, they're going to run the football a lot. And what he the way he succeeded in San Francisco for a time was to have a running quarterback with Colin Kaepernick that they could exploit some weaknesses in defenses and make them think. And uh, you know, it eventually slowed down on teams kind of figured them out. But if they're trying to replicate that, then probably either E.J. Manuel or more more specifically Tyron Taylor have have that upside. They're the better athletes of the group. Matt Castle doesn't add that dimension to the offense. But then if they're looking for the best passer, then that's probably Castle, simply because he's the veteran of the group. He's been around the league the longest. He knows what he's seeing when he's reading defenses. He's probably their best bet there. So I think it depends sort of on how they want to structure their offense and, you know, if they're going to run if they, and they want to complement that with deep balls and maybe maybe Taylor is the guy, maybe Manuel's the guy. Castle's not really a deep ball quarterback. But if they're looking for an efficient guy, then that's probably Castle. E.J. Manuel perhaps hasn't performed the way the Bills wanted, and I think to some extent Matt Castle hasn't reached the potential that many thought that he had. Are you surprised that the Bills didn't draft a quarterback in the draft? I mean, Petty was out there for quite a few rounds. Yeah, and they had dinner with Petty before the draft. A lot of people kind of remarked him as the guy that they were going to go after, and, and Doug Whaley said after the draft that they did have a lot of interest, but he ended up going earlier than where they thought his value was. Uh, it does not surprise me that they drafted a guy. They it, they clearly were going to take a guy late. They weren't going to roll the dice on a guy early. They wanted to build the depth throughout the rest of the roster. So so that's what we saw. And, uh, um, yeah, if they're going to take a quarterback – uh, it'll probably be next year. They'll see what they have in their two projects of Manuel and Taylor, and then they'll go from there. It seems a little early, but can the Bills win the division with the talent they have on this roster? Well, you know, let's see what happens with Tom Brady. <laughs> if he ends up getting suspended for this thing, even for a few games, they play the Bills play the Patriots in week two. So if they get a leg up on them early, if Brady sits on the sidelines, then, you know, all bets are off. But, you know, all things considered, no, they're still a step behind New England just because of the quarterback differential. And then the, the Dolphins and Jets got significantly better this season or this offseason as well. So there's a lot of competition. This division is going to be very interesting top to bottom this year. There's going to be a lot of competition. So, uh, no, I, I don't think the Bills are ready to take that step. I think they'll be fun to watch, though, don't you? Absolutely. They have so many characters on that team. Uh, we know they're going to have a pretty good defense, and uh, there's a lot of exciting players on both sides of the ball in all three seasons, really. So, um, yeah, they're definitely going to be a very interesting team to keep track of. And that truck Rex Ryan is rolling around, that's pretty sweet. i got to see that rolling through town. It's, it's a little gaudy, you know. It's, it's sort of flies. It's not really Buffalo style. I mean, it's it's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty great <laughs> that someone would buy into Buffalo that much, but it's not necessarily something I would drive around personally. He's Brian Galliford, uh, editor-in-chief, BuffaloRumblings.com, one of the very best Buffalo Bills websites out there. 
Brian, thanks for joining us. I hope to talk to you more throughout the season. Anytime. Thank you very much. I love that website. I say I love it. That's probably strong because I'm a Giants fan. But I will say this. They do a terrific job of covering the Buffalo Bills. Agreed. I know, Zach, you spend a lot of time on it. And if you're a Bills fan, buffalorumblings.com, you're really going to want to check out that website. Brian, and I, I don't know how many writers they have, but he, he and his staff do a terrific job. Love when he comes on the show because he really knows his stuff. He's, he's like you guys, though. You guys know your Buffalo Bills. So let me ask you, Zach, are you satisfied with the draft? Were you? Was there somebody out there that you wanted maybe that you didn't get? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hoping for a quarterback. I don't think it was realistic to take a quarterback, and Brian kind of covered that. But um, I felt like the draft wasn't, because they didn't have a first-round pick, it wasn't really exciting. There wasn't a Sammy Watkins like there was last year. But they quietly kind of shored up some areas where they maybe needed some depth. I liked the Ronald Darby pick. Because if you look at the way their roster is built, Leotis McKelvin after this year is going to be 30 and he's going to be a free agent. If you give Darby a year to learn, you can let McKelvin leave, replace him with Darby, who's a lot cheaper. The the Carlos Williams pick, the running back, he's not going to start this year. He's probably not going to do much more than special teams this year. But you got guys like Fred Jackson, who's probably not going to give another contract to. Bryce Brown is probably... That fumble against Kansas City probably punched his ticket out of town. So you got guys who might not make a big impact this year, but they're guys that will let them um, stay under the cap in future years. I was interested to hear him talk about uh, Bryce Petty because that was somebody that I thought was a nice fit for the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to be terrific. I think he's going to be a surprise in the a NFL. Yeah, I think that arm is tremendous, and I, I liked watching him play. But it was interesting to hear Brian talking about how the Bills valued him, but he went off the board at a higher value than they placed on him. So they had interest, just not where they took him or I, where he was taken. I'm like Zach. I was actually extremely disappointed they didn't draft a quarterback. I, I actually really wanted Petty. I, I don't understand how you would feel good going into the season with the quarterbacks you have on your roster. Well, I think he covered that too. He they're, did. They're going to be a running team, and you know, basically, you just need to hand the ball off and throw it a couple of times. And I do think they have the personnel to do that. So, I I, I think they're sitting good. BuffaloRumblings.com. Brian Gallifer joining us on the BTG Studio Line. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Juventus FC, the Italian champions and one of the best soccer clubs in the world, will be hosting a five-day camp here in Rochester. Coaches from the Juventus Youth Academy are coming all the way from Italy to share the coaching and soccer philosophy of one of the most successful soccer clubs ever. The camp is open to boys and girls ages 5 to 17 who want to improve their level of play. 
Each participant will experience five days of top quality training and will leave the camp with a brand new Juventus uniform, a participation diploma, and some fantastic memories. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn from the best and show them what you can do. The dates of this amazing camp are July 20th through the 24th at Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. The cost is $375 and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com forward slash JSC. Classic Elvis Presley, bringing us back from break. You know, that's not the, he, he's not the original of that. Do you know who the original? Actually, I'm not even sure if that's the original, but you know who had a hit with that before he did? I do, and it, I can't, is it, it's not Aretha Franklin. Nope. Big Mama Thornton. 1950-something, Big Mama Thornton. I did not know that. You never know what you're going to hear on Benson and those guys. August 13th, 1952. All right. It's like you knew that. Just off the top of your head, you had that knowledge. Yeah, I totally did. Yeah, Google and smartphones had nothing to do with that. (laughs) Lose-lose situation in this this case. John Jones uh, may never compete again, his agent says, in MMA. And, of course, that's a loss for MMA because he was – Probably their most marketable fighter, their best fighter at the moment. Uh, he was the champion, isn't he? Uh, yeah, light heavyweight champion, pound for pound. He, he was the man, but he was stripped last week of his championship uh, when he was arrested on a felony hit-and-run charge. This, of course, uh, earlier this year, uh, cocaine going in for rehab, and um, his agent says it could very well be the last we've seen of John Jones in the octagon, and I, that's too bad. Now, you hope John Jones gets it together, and you hope he worries about himself and just gets himself right. Here's a young man that professes a faith in Christ, of course, is struggling here this last year with different things, but uh, hopefully there's a guy that get it together. But speaking of fighting, the Kansas City Royals still fighting with everybody they come in this town is with? just getting bad. I mean, w- Somebody's got to remind them that they're the Kansas City Royals, don't you think? I mean, what are they, all of a sudden going to be the big bully on the block? Well, they, I don't understand why they're so angry. Like, you were, they were better as the good guy. They, I don't, you're not out there fighting for respect this year. You won the American League last year. People respect you already. You don't have to be the schoolyard bully and try to push everyone around. Well, people did respect them, and then they did all of this stuff. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Now, in Kansas City, obviously, they're still very well supported, but that was a terrific story. The Kansas City Royals, they're back, they're in the playoffs. People, they were the feel-good story. I was rooting for the yeah, Kansas City everyone Royals. Everyone was on the bandwagon. And now, that's not the case. Now you got fans, that they're turning people off left and right because they're just, they're fighting everybody. I don't, what makes you that angry if you're a Ask Major League Baseball player? You're getting paid lots of money, you're getting to play baseball for a living. And again, we talked about it on last week's show or maybe the week before, unwritten rules. You know, you hit a home run and you didn't trot fast enough or you looked at me the wrong way, so I'm going to plunk you with the next pitch. And I, that always drives me crazy. When somebody hits a home run and then you hit him the next time he comes up or you hit the next guy because he hit a home run off you, make a better pitch. Absolutely. You know, he beat you. 
move on. <laughs> Get better. I don't know what you want me to tell you, but to go off fighting them. And some of these fights are not even caused by an action on the field. It's, uh, I think Jordano Ventura walked a guy from the White Sox, and they were talking to each other while the guy was trotting to first base. Like, he walked the guy. What could the guy have done or said that, you know, they, they just seem to be at like a, a switch flips and they and they just freak out. It's it's ridiculous. I know in slow pitch softball, if a guy walks, <laughs> you kind of go, "Come on, man, swing the bat." But this is major league baseball. Yeah, you earned that walk. Yeah, you. Yeah, the guy's throwing a hundred miles an hour or whatever it is, or he's throwing some filthy changeups. You earned the walk. Make better pitches. The Royals have created this us against the world persona, and now it really is them against the world because they've made everyone hate them. Well, that's what, Zach, you were telling me between the breaks. Uh, somebody got hit. What were you talking about? Uh, a week ago, uh, Danny Salazar from the Indians hit the Royal shortstop, Alcides Escobar, in the face with a fastball. And it, you could tell from his reaction he was disappointed, he was upset, he was not trying to hit him. But it made me think, like, if you keep doing this stuff as the Royals, eventually somebody's going to say enough is enough, and you're going to get some of your guys hit. And your guys don't want that. You know, like, you're... When you're throwing at other teams' hitters, you're endangering your own hitters because of retaliation. Just as dangerous as saying you're going to throw at somebody's head the next time you face them. Well, you're going to get one of you guys killed out there. You don't. You never condone somebody throwing high and tight, high and inside. You don't want some. There's there's an art to that, and but you need to be able to pitch inside. And I know sometimes hitters get pretty excited when a pitcher comes inside. Well, uh, David Ortiz is a good example. We talked about him earlier. He gets real excited when somebody pitches him inside. Well, get off the plate, big man. It, it The pitcher has a right to throw inside. Mm -hmm. You can't get excited. But by the same token, when a hitter takes you deep, man, you left it out, whatever. What do you want him to do? He, he earned a walk. He hit a home run. It's not worth fighting over. Yeah, and we saw that type of situation a few weeks ago in the Blue Jays-Orioles scenario where the Orioles had a relief pitcher on that no one's ever heard of. He was a Rule 5 draft pick. You know, he, he's not a great pitcher, and a fastball gets away near Jose Batista's head. Jose Batista gets mad like it was on purpose, hits a home run, takes five minutes to get around the bases. You know, not every pitch that comes inside close to you is intentional. People don't seem to realize that. Although I would say if I hit a home run, it would be three days for me to get around the bases. <laughs> I mean, I'd be texting people as I'm going around. I'm halfway around second base, and I'm sending something out on YouTube. I'm Yeah, it would take me a while to get around the base. And the, I've talked to some Royals fans about this, and they say, well, if you some look at the number. Well, or one. We know who I'm thinking of. But, <laughs> but and, and he says, well, you know, we've been hit like 21 times, and we've hit like only six batters or whatever, you had nine Royals ejected in the span of six days. That's got to be some kind of record. Like, that doesn't happen because other teams are are starting things. If you get nine of your guys ejected uh, in the six days, you're causing problems. Isn't it funny how people's perspectives, how oh, they yeah. defend their team, even to, to the end, it's so hard for them to see objectively. You can find a way. About you can find a way to defend your team no matter what. It's hard to, yeah, they don't look at it objectively. And you got like this situation with the Patriots and Deflate Gate, where Tom Brady's father is like ripping into the report, saying without conclusive evidence, this is calling it Framegate. I mean, I know it's your boy, 
but come on. You you know, at some point, here's my thought it's on 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 this situation. The NFL says he more probable than not Tom Brady was at least generally aware. It is very difficult. We don't know the answer. I, I listen, I can look at things and say I'm pretty sure this guy was involved and I'm pretty sure this guy was involved. But here's why you sort of you're put in a tough spot. You go, I can't prove it. And this is where the NFL is in a tough spot. You're going to there are people out there and of course whenever it's the Patriots, you have people that are the pro-patriot people with that lack of objectivity where oh no, our guys did nothing wrong. Well, no that's not true. You guys had some there's there's smoke there. There's probably fire. But I can't prove it. So all you people saying that Tom Brady needs to get suspended for a year, and you know who you are, pretty much anybody that's not a Patriots fan, he's <laughs> not going to be suspended for a year. If you can't prove it, then how can you suspend the guy? can't. But there was some involvement there, don't you think? Yeah, well, and here's the reason why you can't prove it. Tom Brady wouldn't turn his phone over. That... And that doesn't prove anything in itself, but it makes him look bad. It, it sure does. And there's only one reason you wouldn't turn your phone over, because there there's was evidence there. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we all get it, but he didn't turn. That's the way the game's played. You can't prove it. How are people surprised by this, though? Every team cheats. This, you know what? You know what else? The sky is blue and grass is green. Like I don't understand how this is still a story. We know that Brady had... A, a hand in this. He's the one that was most directly impacted by all of it. Or he, you know, the, you think an NFL quarterback, he's going to he be knew. pretty aware of the ball, of the balls being underinflated. He's, he's going to know the situation. The whole thing that this is coming up again, we've already talked about yeah, this back news. in December, January when this was news. And it is old news. And we all know the chance of him being involved is great. But this is this is the thing passing judgment on somebody. Unless you know for sure, you can't you can't judge. I have people tell me things all the time, and I am certain. In my mind I'm thinking, you are lying to me to my face. There is no way you're telling me the truth. But I can't prove it, so what am I left to do? All I can do is take you at your word. Now I don't necessarily trust you, and I don't necessarily trust the Patriots, because they have this record of pushing that envelope. But I can't prove it. Therefore, I can't suspend it. And all you, you're you saying, oh, he's going to be suspended for He's not. The NFL's not going to suspend Tom Brady for a year. We all know that. He's, he's money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of, you know, when he goes on Bob Costas' show and sits there and with that smug grin just talking about, no, I, I, he was so offended, or it seemed. He put on this act that he was offended. How dare you accuse me of such a thing? Well, how dare I? You won't give us your phone. These guys over here that work for the Patriots are saying, you pretty much asked for this, yet you were involved. That Here's the thing about lying. If Tom Brady had just come clean, and again, I, I don't know for sure, when it, when it comes to these things in sports, when people say, well, I know this, I know that, I know, you don't know. I don't know Tom Brady. I don't know anybody involved in it. I have no idea if he's telling the truth. I can make conclus- conclusions based on what I read and see, but 
but I can do that with people around me, and it's not always fair. But when you are telling a, a lie, you're not walking with the truth, you're better off to just cop to it from the beginning. Don't you think that he come out and just said, you know what, my bad here. Yeah. You know, I told them to deflate them as low as they could go within the rules. I'm responsible. The buck ends with me. This my bad. Don't take it out on anybody else. This is on me. Had he said that then, which he should have done, the whole thing would have been over. Mm -hmm. But the Patriots have this arrogance about them where he doesn't do that. In fact, he was all, how dare you? We As we just said, how dare you accuse me? And he keeps going. And now... Even still, in the newspapers, his agent, his father, himself, the Patriots, they're all, wait a minute, this is this report is ridiculous. Your father defending you almost makes it worse. At some point, just you're better off to just come clean, tell it, mm -hmm. rather than keep dragging this thing out because you keep digging yourself in, in, in a deeper hole. Well, he can't admit to it now. We're going to take a break. Coming up after the break, we got our pests of the week. You'll listen to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We talk a lot about the different G&T athletics that are offered. Do you know there's a swim camp? Oh, really? I like swimming. Well, it's not for you. It's for your kids starting ages three, four years kind old. Bummed, as long as they can put their face in the water for at least three seconds, <laughs> that's a level one swimmer. Oh, all right. They have a, The camp is July 6th to the 10th. It goes from noontime to 5 p.m., depending on what level. There's level one. Five level hours two. of swimming for, for no, kids? No, no, no. There's different classes. Oh, You've okay, got level okay. one, level three, level four, level two. You've got all these different levels. So you sign up for, I don't know, it's an hour, hour and a half. It's what if I don't months. know how to swim? That's what this camp is for. It you said it you. wasn't for me. I want to learn how to swim. Well, I, it's for your kids. It's not for you. Can I join with them? $50, your kid learns how to swim. But I'm surprised that you guys, you guys are young enough. I'm surprised you guys haven't done this. Um, this camp has been around for a while. My wife always talks about doing it. Maybe I should. Well, you can't. You're not getting it. This you're you're such a moron. I want to swim. This is for your kids. Fine. Starting at your how old? Are you? Well, it doesn't matter. Three starting at ages three or four. If they can put their face in the water for a few seconds without freaking out, then this camp mm. is for them. July sixth through tenth, you can sign up. Gantathletics.info. That's Gantathletics.info. July sixth through the tenth, twelve p.m. to five p.m. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted, which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue or building nests in your gutters and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps, ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty bed bugs. They do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and those guys at BTG program. During the break, Darren was eating popcorn, and now he just said to me, do you have any drinks? 
Like, what did you expect? We did this whole segment earlier. What did you expect? <laughs> we haven't done this in a while. Zach, why don't you give us a little bit of useless information? I stumbled across something this week that I thought was fun, and, and Bills fans hope that it holds true. They draft The Bills drafted guard John Miller out of Louisville in the third round this year, and there's a decent chance that he wins a starting job because they're a little thin at the guard position. Last year's third-round pick for the Bills was also out of Louisville, was linebacker Preston Brown, who, although unheralded, went on to lead the team in tackles with 109. So hopefully third-round picks from Louisville continue to work out for the Bills. Zach's useless information. He described that as fun. I think his definition of fun is different than ours. (laughs) Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, so in honor of Town & Country, we do our Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is... Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, who we know Josh Hamilton's difficulties, and now he's back with the Texas Rangers. So Josh, uh, excuse me, Charlie Sheen tweets out, Dear Josh Hamilton, how you being treated by the devils, referring to the angels, is shameless. He then puts in a little, well, you know, he puts in a cuss word, but, you know, it's all those symbols, so you don't see what it is. Have a drink and go hit some bombs. We all know Josh Hamilton's problem with with drug and alcohol. Go have a drink and hit some bombs. How insensitive, how stupid, how moronic Charlie Sheen is my pest of the week. Charlie Sheen's not really known for thinking before he does things, though. <laughs> my uh, my pest of the week is the Red Sox for uh, relieving Juan Nieves of his uh, pitching duties. Now, I love watching the Red Sox struggle. I, I love even more the countless fans I would happily name if we had the time that have gone silent. But blaming Nieves for your pitching struggles is a joke. You decide to not pay John Lester what he's worth, trade him, and now you overpay not one but two guys in free agency. One that doesn't even play the position he's playing right now. He's never played before. And another who isn't that good outside of last uh, postseason. And you wonder why you have pitching problems. You spent all your money on everything but pitching. Buck Holtz isn't good. Face the facts. You need a number one guy, but instead you fire Nieves for not being able to turn a flaming pile of dog poo into gold. It's it's May. Darren's talking smack. The Red Sox have the tools in the minor league system to go get themselves some midseason pitching, but we'll see what happens. Zach, who's Sox, your pest of the week? The Red Sox have a lot of tools, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, my pest of the week, you mentioned it earlier, but it's the Cleveland Cavaliers for the promotional video they showed during the game on Wednesday night in which a fan throws his Bulls girlfriend across the room. It's just not cool in any circumstance. In any circumstance, not cool. Mother's Day weekend. I want to wish happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Leave you with this thought from Isaiah 66.13, which says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Nobody is more comforting than a mom, except for the Lord Jesus Christ, who will comfort us in such a way. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Happy Mother's Day. I say that on behalf of our moms. So happy Mother's Day to our three moms who can beat up all your other moms. (laughs) Our moms are greater than your moms. But happy Mother's Day to your moms, too. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country. Mama tried, mama tried, mama tried to raise me better. But her pleading eyes.